the dispensary owner that was there walked next door to the dispensary, grabbed a, you know, a crown brand new piece, you know, out of the display case, uh, brought a brand new, uh, uh, beautiful, uh, uh, sky glass piece into the, uh, arena. And then we got all the dispensary owners, including ourselves to smoke it. And, you know, and in 10 minutes, 15 minutes later, we all looked at each other and we said, you know what? That's uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. And, and, and then, you know, and then Max uh, got to tear it apart. And he's like, you know what? I completely agree. This is uplifting. <laughs> and once you break it apart, you look at it. It's got those citrus notes in there and it hits your nose up here instead of down here. And, you know, someone did a really good job of breeding in some of that purple color in there. And so, you know, Dang now man. we have combined our systems together to try and create, you know, the first, uh, you know, quality standard for cannabis analytics. This is Lit and Lucid, your after-work de-stress smoke sesh podcast. I'm your host, Lit. And I'm your host, Lucid, and we're going to take you on a journey. A journey to discover the truth and find the balance. Every week, we get deep on those thought-provoking topics that ooze out of the cannabis universe. But we also keep it real by illuminating important issues and people in today's culture. So kick back, consume your favorite cannabis products, and get cozy in the the Lit and Lucid lifestyle. Welcome, everybody, to the Lit and Lucid podcast. We are here in 2021, you guys. We made it through 2020. So excited to put that year behind us. So glad to be in 2021, see what's on, you know, the realm for us moving forward. But today, you know, talking about new and exciting things in the future, we have Max Kobe of Abstracts. He is like a terpene pro. Like, I don't even know a fourth of anything about terpenes. So I'm excited to talk to Max today about everything that um, he has to offer. So with that, just welcome, Max. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks, guys. Pleasure to be here. Happy New Year. Thank you. You too. Yeah. I mean, we are all looking forward to the future, I think, right now. And, um, you know, I think terpenes are like the future of cannabis, I think. Well, that's what I was saying two years ago, maybe even five. (laughs) (laughs) We're still too stoned to catch on, man. We're still figuring it out. I think it's probably like every new year starts off with like terpenes are the future. And then we forget. And then people are still going to the dispensaries like, oh, can I get indica or sativa? Give me your highest THC. You know, it's okay as long as we can all agree that indica sativa hybrid only mean what the mood orientation is intended for rather than what the actual origin was. There you go. There you go. And we're going to need a better explanation later, but that's what this whole show's about. Yes. You guys are going to get educated today. Um, but before we start, you know, we just like to like kick it off with a personal story. I know that, you know, you suffered a heart attack when you were younger and that helped you find plant medicine. So maybe just tell us about your journey to cannabis. Sure. I'm motivation through mortality. I guess no better way to, to kickstart life's uh, challenges. Um, I, uh, you know, found uh, that with my heart condition, uh, a bit rare at the time, uh, the doctors couldn't prescribe me any medication. You know, I was already using cannabis previous to it, started using more as a result. Uh, I was literally handed a handicap placard when I was 17, told never to raise my heart rate again, wasn't able to prescribe me any medication. There was three other Marines that died uh, from the same uh, infection a week prior, and I was the only one to survive. And 
as a result, I, I started smoking a lot of cannabis, a lot more cannabis than I was previously. My mother was a little upset with me. She reported me to my doctors and then uh, our, our, our nice, uh, very smart um, cardiologists and infectious disease doctor put their heads together and decided that cannabis was actually something that was benefiting me for many reasons, mainly because it was reducing my blood pressure, it was reducing my anxiety, it was actually reducing my swelling that was uh, uh, caused by this infection. And overall, it reduced the um, issues and complications that I was having that were resulting from this. And so, you know, it gave me a great excuse to consume since, uh, uh, you know, I was young and, um, you know, I've been an advocate for the industry ever since, uh, always fascinated by the benefits cannabis has to offer and trying to really just figure out ways that we can share that experience and, and benefits with uh, the rest of the world. That That's like a mighty humble approach to take for like something so serious and especially um, to experience that so young. So I think, you know, that's it's a pretty incredible story. Thank you so much. Yeah. You know, out of that, I uh, decided I would start a business at the age of 18. I literally felt as if the doctors gave me a prescription to be confined to a wheelchair with healthy working legs for the rest of my life. As an active, you know, surfer, skater, I'm all into the action sports and having a great time. I felt like that was a death sentence and I'd rather die with, a, you know, a grin on my face and a surfboard in my hand then uh, be subjected to that. And it was really cannabis that helped me to overcome that. And, you know, I, I looked for the challenges in life. You know, I, I followed through and started our first business at 18. And that was over, you know, 17 years ago now. And we haven't looked back and continued to um, blaze new trails. That's pretty incredible. I mean, at that time, too, whenever this was happening, I mean, that's pretty pretty ballsy too and big of the, the doctors to be like this is something that's going to help you and to kind of at least take a step back and and let you like proceed with with your life because nobody wants that i mean i wouldn't want that and i love uh, i like, think they i think they felt bad that they couldn't prescribe me anything to be honest with you they just didn't there's what i learned from the experience is that we know so little about the world of infectious diseases and you know, whether it was COVID-19 or COVID-23, right, there is going to be minor changes out there that's going to take us years to adapt to. And here for centuries, people have been using cannabis and medicinals and, you know, therapeutic aromatherapy products for self-treatment. And we are just now getting the opportunity to understand the complexities of those functional ingredients and why they benefit our bodies. That's so true. And that's kind of uh what led us here today is that, you know, cannabis is complex. You know, I think, you know, medicine is complex and these things just aren't so easily explained just by, you know, just saying terms and, and just assuming that everybody kind of knows what they're talking about. So that's kind of why we brought you on today, more specifically to talk terpenes in cannabis. And terpenes are kind of a, a new and upcoming thing, I guess. You know, we're joking that, you know, terpenes are the future, but they've been around for a long time. They're not specific to cannabis. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about you know, terpenes in general and kind of uh, what their whole role is? Sure. I mean, you know, when I try to explain terpenes to a consumer, they immediately, if they know anything about it, they think about cannabis. And so, you know, I will give the uh, age old analogy of, you know, cannabis is really fundamentally two things. It is cannabinoids, which would be 
uh, THC for the psychoactive part. And that would be closely related to your gas pedal. How high am I going to get? And then the other half of the equation are the terpenes, which we like to relate to the steering wheel. They modulate the effects and the benefits of the cannabinoids. And there is a reason why when I smoke train wreck and fall asleep on the couch, my wife hates me. And when I smoke green crack, I'm up all night long sending emails to everybody that'll listen. <laughs> right. And so, you know, certainly everybody has um, a different endocannabinoid system, reacts differently to drugs and all that stuff. But fundamentally, terpenes are the driving force and a major contributor to the entourage effect. And what we have found and reason why we focused heavily on cannabis is because cannabis is the most abundant source of terpenes in the entire plant kingdom. And so here you have government restrictions preventing researchers from studying these functional ingredients that have potentially life-saving benefits beyond the sensorial experiences that we've all known, you know, come to know and love. And so we've chosen to focus energies on studying terpenes by focusing on cannabis. And terpenes are a generalized category of terpenoids. And there's much more to this cannabis plant than just terpenes. There's terpenes and other volatile aroma compounds that all contribute to these effects. And so we like to distill those aromatic compounds down to terpenes. But the reality is that the general world of flavor and fragrances don't understand a whole heck of a lot about terpenes because they're not studying their applications and their benefits day in and day out. And as an example, humulene, which is actually one of the most commonly found terpenes in cannabis, does not even have a FEMA grass designation to it yet. Nobody has spent the time, energy, or money to file this and do the studies in order to uh, be able to use this ingredient in typical flavorings and USP-grade products, although we know that it's demonstrated benefits and it has applications. So, you know, pharmaceutical companies are focused on their missions. And, you know, I think we are, we are uh, passionate about exploring the benefits of cannabis and how to utilize those ratios of these uh, types of compounds in um, functional types of products. Yeah. And that's what I was interested in. I, I came in here early and I told Jared, I was like, did you realize they don't actually sell cannabis products? Like I hadn't like dove into it yet, but I was like, I didn't even realize, you know what I mean? Like I figured you just made terpenes and it was part of the cannabis product, but they're literally selling the terpenes that you can go infuse your own products with, which is so freaking cool. Yeah. So we do sell cannabis terpenes to our customers. Um, and I look forward to selling cannabis derived terpenes the entire world when legalization comes around. But the reality is, is, you know, fundamentally, I think consumers really only care about two things when they go to a dispensary and they're consuming cannabis. They care about number one, is this a safe product for me to consume? And number two is how is this going to make me feel? What is the intended experience? We are selling drugs. We are selling experiences. And the only way that a brand can build consumer trust is through creating predictable, repeatable, and targeted product experiences. And as you find in the wine industries and the microbrew industry, there's seasonality to extremes in cannabis. And so if you can study cannabis and really understand um, the 
metabolites of it, of what are each of those terpenes and aroma compounds, what specific ratios do they exist, and how do you create a quality standard for these strains that, like jack hair and gelato and things that we all know demonstrate uplifting effects or sedative effects and have specific flavors that we enjoy. If you can really break those down to the hundreds of compounds that make them up, those same compounds exist in nature from botanically dry Mm -hmm. sources, from all different types of of fruits and things you are consuming today. Um, You know, we, we partnered with you know, some of the most famous cultivators in the industry to help them better understand what it is that they're growing and how to improve the quality of their products, not just their vaporizers or, or formulated products, but also the flower. And so, it's, you know, we partner with Sherbinsky. He won strain of the year for gelato. Why is it that gelato won strain of the year? Was it a popularity contest or was it that gelato actually had something unique in it? And I, I can tell you that out of all the analysis we've done, we identified over 350 terpenes and aroma compounds in gelato. But what was, what was most unique about its fingerprint, and we studied hundreds of his cuts of gelato to create a standard for it. What was most unique was that there was 15 flavorants in there that were very unique to gelato that we could identify in other crosses of plants made with gelato. They, those 15 flavorants gave gelato, and that's a combination of terpenes and other flavor compounds. But those things specifically gave it its berry taste and its berry flavor and contributed to some of those uplifting effects. And then if you looked at like a fine wine, you looked at the strain balance, he had a lot of different compounds in there. More compounds than most cannabis has. It's a very complex profile, but it was a very well-balanced strain, meaning if you looked at a Josh DOG, like an original OG genetics, 95% of the profiles in the top three terpenes. But if you looked at this gelato formulation, you'll find there's an even distribution across all the different compounds in there. And that really added to the complexity of the flavor profile. When you start comparing that to other terpene profiles, you start seeing that there's some really unique characteristics there that probably contributed to why it won strain of the year. Um, you know, Jack Hare terpene profile, you know, a lot of people try to claim that they grow Jack Hare, but what is it that makes Jack Hare special? He's an I- iconic brand that, you know, Jack helped to, you know, pioneer regulation for us. But what is it that makes that brand, that, that profile special? You have plenty of, you know, terpene companies that claim they can provide you a Jack Hare terpene profile without, you know, uh, giving any royalties or without studying the actual plant, but they can take a lab analysis from a regulatory lab and try and reproduce it. But, you know, we partner with Dan Hare. We studied his genetics. And what we found was that the fundamental definition of Jack included, you know, three of the most popular terpenes in the top, uh, in the top three compounds. But B. philandrine was one of those. And B. philandrine existed in over 10% concentration. B. philandrine is not a common terpene that's tested in regulatory labs. So, and we tested our competitors' products. We actually went and bought every strain of cannabis that had the Jack name in California and tested them using the same process. And we found out of the 40 different samples of Jack that we bought, only 25 of them actually had the fingerprint of Jack in them. And now we can start evolving. Um, education around 
well, if it's truly Jack, like the craft brew industry, why is it different? Because everybody's growing different cannabis and consumers should be able to appreciate the differences in cannabis by educating them through analytical testing, quality metrics. So maybe some Jack's fruitier, some of it's gassier, some of it has higher THC. Maybe some of it has a better strain balance to it. Um, these are all things that need to evolve through better testing, uh, quality metrics, and really comes down to understanding terpene profiles. That's what's enabled us to really develop strain-specific terpene profiles by partnering with cultivators to really understand what it is that they're cultivating and then trying to take on the enormous challenge of sourcing the identical components from botanically derived sources and standardizing those ingredients because just because they come from botanical source doesn't mean that they're pure. They still need to be purified through natural post-processing, distillation, and other means to ensure that we can provide a consistent product to consumers across state lines. You guys saw that um, there was a Sweetwater um, just did a beer with Jack Hare. We are proud to be a part of that project to help Jack share his brand and his product experience with the rest of the world through a different type of application. These are the things that we're most excited about exploring. That sounds complicated. That's super complicated, <laughs> yeah. But the whole time I'm thinking of it, it does remind me a lot of of wine or like a, a craft beer, you know, of people pointing out the different parts that make it unique. You know, if you have like a good whiskey or something, um, you may, you know, note like an oak barrel or, um, you know, like something else or in wine. I mean, there's a plethora of things you notice in wine, but, you know, wine and beer, those are things that you're necessarily, you know, you're tasting and terpenes are like all on like the aromatic compounds, I guess. And they still, you know, get into the brain and, and do their, do their, do their great work in the brain. Um, but there's a lot of similarities and, you know, at the very beginning, I was thinking, it's kind of crazy how, you know, we haven't talked about terpenes a lot in the past. And I almost feel like cannabis is what's driving this like resurgence or, or maybe not even a resurgence so much, but like this, this new wave of like having to study, you know, terpenes. And I think, you know, the point I'm getting from you is that, you know, you can't just have all these cannabis derived terpenes. So you've really got to bend over backwards to find these specific terpenes and botanical sources or other areas besides cannabis. And I imagine it has to be really hard when you do discover these unique compounds to cannabis, where clearly you're not going to be able to, to just so easily recreate this with, you know, plucking a marigold flower That's and extracting it. You're going to yeah. have to have like that specific terpene from the specific source, which is cannabis. That's what I was wondering. Like, where are you getting these botanically derived terpenes even from? Yeah. I mean, it, it honestly, it's scouring, uh, botanical uh, suppliers of essential oils and extracts and different types of farms. Um, it can come from a number of different sources like beta caryophyllin can come from black pepper. Myrcene uh -huh. um, can come from mango. Uh, Valencine can come from citrus trees. Um, there's a lot of different sources for it. So at the end of the day, most of the compounds that we find in cannabis, we are able to find them from other botanically derived sources. They're not completely unique to cannabis. There's some things that we found in cannabis like elamine that are actually used in drug cancer treatments already, but they happen to be found in cannabis. Wow. Um, there are so many things. There are Now, there are things that are unique about cannabis um, that are harder to find from organically botanical derived sources. And sometimes to get the highest purity product, 
Um, synthetic version is the only thing available. But again, that's where it comes down to providing options to customers. Um, if you derive 100% of it from cannabis or from hemp, you're going to have variability in it. Um, and that's going to affect the product consistency and quality. So in every product that you consume today, you know, there's typically some natural flavoring that's added in order to create a product consistency. Um, it can still be a cannabis-derived product optimized with the specific compounds that are lost throughout the process. Um, and eventually, as regulations catch up, that may be the future of the market is to create optimized uh, botanical extractions. But for the time being, uh, the best opportunity brands have to create consistency and consumer trust and to really create these targeted experiences for that soccer mom or that business professional um, it comes down to understanding the ratio of terpenes, how they create specific effects and experiences, and how to make that experience really enjoyable. Hmm. So is this like a natural process, like putting the terpenes back in the product? Is that still considered natural? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. All botanical, naturally derived, organic compliant. But so then when you're talking about like the synthetic, then that wouldn't be right. Yeah. So when you start getting into synthetics, you know, there are some super rare compounds out there that we found in cannabis um, that we introduced to some of our products. But, you know, there's a clear definition to us between, you know, natural products and natural and artificial products. No different from the typical, you know, flavor and fragrance world or, or food products. You know, even the products that have any type of synthetic ingredients and they are clearly, uh, you know, labeled and identified and they might have, you know, a fraction of a percent in there. But to us, quality is first and foremost. So if adding 0.1% of a synthetic ingredient is going to help us achieve the safety and consistency and quality that we're looking for, then we're going to introduce that to the product and it's not going to be released under our botanical lines. Right. Um, you know, for regulations, as they're changing, you know, we did a big push 2019 to switch everything over to botanicals. Um, and with that, it really came a big push for standardizing the ingredients and the processing that went into it. Every ingredient that comes to our facility gets tested three times on a GC. Incoming materials, post-processing, finished blends. Um, that's a lot of work for yeah, compliance. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and that's just a fraction of what it's required to operate, you know, ISO, GMP, HACCP certified food grade manufacturing facilities uh, to be able to service cannabis companies. So um, there's different options for different folks. Um, you know, e-cig guys that are coming into cannabis and CBD market are certainly looking for, you know, more flavors to hit that demographic. And it doesn't matter how much terpene you add to something. Uh, you're only going to get so much candy out of it. Um, there's really interesting things that we've found. You know, like we we partnered up with Jungle Boys and analyzed uh, their menu. Those guys do an amazing job cultivating cannabis and they got tons of strains. And it's overwhelming when I go to their dispensary personally to understand what is it that I want to buy, right? Yeah. So, so when we got the opportunity to analyze all their cannabis and create these terpene profiles and in, in, in quality standards for them, 
it was really exciting for me because I literally made my own personal menu, right, for, <laughs> for, for us. And I was like, okay, I'm going to map out everything, you know, the gas factor, the fruit factor, number of compounds, the mood orientation that we've created through our algorithms, taking into consideration the, you know, peer-reviewed publications and consumer reviews. And I've decided out of the dozen strains that this one's the fruitiest, the gassiest, and is exactly what I'm looking for. And I couldn't have done that unless we actually put it through our analysis system and, and ripped it apart. But through that experience, they had this strain that was called sour apple killer. And you always wonder if it tastes like apples and it does. It tastes <laughs> like apples. And it's like, how did you guys do that? And we tested it. And I swear to you, it has the same isolates that exist in a Granny Smith green apple. That is and wild. we found that. We drew the line. We found this one little tiny compound in a very small concentration through exploratory research that gave it that apple flavor. And then we identified the same thing in apples. It's pretty wild. I mean, we, we have some of these. I mean, the grape stuff blows my mind. I mean, we get the you know clementine sometimes, all these kind of, I guess, like the orange stuff is a little more apparent. But man, like a Granny Smith apple. That is wild. I even saw that on your website. You had like the apple rings or something. And I was like, that is crazy. Like, how did you guys even do that? Okay. So, so the, so the, for us, when we were starting to get a lot of requests for flavorings, um, you know, we, we love to focus on strain specific formulations and even recreating rosin profiles and you know, live resin profiles. It, it's interesting to talk to people about the nuances and differences between uh, an aroma profile of a concentrate versus a flower. And when uh. we, we first started making terpene profiles of strain-specific flowers, we made them so close that you felt like you're smoking a vape pen full of flour. <laughs> and that isn't the experience that most people are used to. You smoke a vape pen, you know, nobody is doing the degree of analysis. No one's uh, including hundreds of compounds in their formulations. And so they, they taste like whatever they are trying to label it as. It doesn't taste like fresh cut cannabis from Josh D's farm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it was, people are like, wow, this tastes like I'm smoking the nug. We're like, okay, we've gotten so good at this that we now need to give people the experience they're looking for, which is the truly, you know, uh, the, the highest quality rosins and extracts that people are trying to standardize. So the strain-specific profiles is what we get most excited about. But we started realizing that a lot of the same terpenes in cannabis exist in other things, whether it's fruits um, and, and other, uh, other fragrances. So we started manipulating those terpenes. And, you know, there was, uh, there's been a few companies that have launched different types of flavor lines, including, uh, you know, third, like the 31 ice cream flavors and uh, cereal flavors. Um, and we designed all those. We designed oh them gosh. all using literally 97% terpenes, botanically derived terpenes found in cannabis. We rearranged them to taste like these exotic flavors. And we had a great time. We literally recreated all the cereal flavors that we had as kids. We went that to so 31 wild. ice, you know, we, we took all the ice cream flavors and we reproduced them. Um, it, and it was, uh, you know, I'll give Sherbinsky. Mario, uh, credit for this, you know, when he came into our, our, uh, R and D lab, uh, the first time he said, look, you guys obviously, 
you know, know gelato very well. And it reminds me of my gelato. I want you to study my cannabis and I want you to take my gelato profile. And I want you to, you know, still using the same terpenes found in cannabis. I want you to reproduce this to be more reminiscent of uh, going to 31, you know, thrifties and having sunset sherbet ice cream when you're a kid and reproducing that type of experience. Right. And so it starts getting, you know, pretty entertaining to, to see what can you do with uh, these functional ingredients that are found in cannabis and manipulate them to create both flavors and effects. That is the wildest thing. I have about a bajillion questions, (laughs) but first it's like, you know, I don't, I mean like the applications, like you're saying are almost endless. I mean, I could see like endless applications. I could see a number of brands, first of all, like, I don't want to throw names out there, but I mean, what's the difference of like, you know, like Coke coming on and saying, I want like a Coke flavored vape pen or something later, or like a cherry Coke or something. I mean, um, I mean, I could see like anybody, like clearly, you know, you're mentioning ice cream flavors. Like, I don't know how, you know, Ben and Jerry's feels about weed, but they could easily they, be like a Ben and, <laughs> there could be like a Ben and Jerry's, you know, whole line later on. So I think sure. it's pretty incredible. I mean, you guys have to be collecting some tremendous data because I'm like, who the hell else is doing sure. all this? And I mean, yeah, this I is like I don't think anybody else. So when we designed our we designed our equipment um, in Europe uh, using hops uh, because we weren't allowed to bring cannabis over there, and <laughs> you know we literally found the best uh, uh, analytical equipment manufacturer. We partnered up with them years ago to develop this technology. We dedicated uh, quite a few PhDs to the methodology development um, on our side and theirs, and we. Uh, put together, uh, you know, some equipment that we believed would be, uh, boundless in, um, in our pursuit of investigating terpenes and identifying these elusive compounds that, uh, might be able to let us make better formulations and, and figure out what makes cannabis unique. Yeah. I am sure your lab is just absolutely incredible. And like these people working for you have to be geniuses, like my question is like, where did you even come up with this idea to begin with? I know, you know, you've ran a bunch of businesses and you're an entrepreneur at heart. Like, how did it just occur to you that terpenes would be the next big thing and you just educated yourself? <laughs> like, this is so yeah. crazy. Yeah, like how did we get here at this point? This is so cool. You you had a pool company, didn't like, shit, you? Shit, man. 20 minutes yeah. ago, we we're talking about, you know, you're 17 and you're just like trying to like live a good life, you know, and now I'm like flipping mind blowing like the genius i know I'm like what in the hell yeah, have you guys done that's very kind of you guys i don't know about all that um, <laughs> yeah, it's the, the life of an entrepreneur in startup mode for for my whole life um but no look it's it's been a continuous challenge uh pursuit to, of challenge for me when i wasn't challenged i moved you know sold the businesses and moved on to a new challenge um it hasn't you know it hasn't ever been about money to me it's been about uh you know, values and, and really accomplishing uh, what you set out to do. And for this industry, which I'm most passionate about, it was trying to create uh, quality standards and share the cannabis experience with the rest of the world. You know, my dad loves cannabis, doesn't like to consume it because two out of three times he gets a bad experience. Um, you know, my wife loves aromatherapy, hates cannabis, but I, the same things that are in aromatherapy are in cannabis. You know, these, these people... You know, people are now coming around to CBD, but again, what's the difference between CBD and cannabis? You know, there's not much difference here, right? So, um, you know, to answer the question, my brother, Kevin, is really, you know, probably one of the biggest driving forces behind Abstracts. He's our CSO. 
He's an organic chemist by training. He went to UCSB. He graduated, worked at a leading material research lab. He worked for some terpene research companies. He then went on to start one of the uh, help facilitate the startup of one of the largest cannabis brands in in North America or in California um, at the time. And he pioneered their their terpene formulations and and cannabis production facilities. He won 15 cannabis cups. He you know got to know the industry really when it was young, and he was the garbage man recycling trim. And it was you know us coming together, you know probably six seven years ago, saying what does this industry look like in 10 years from now? And you're, you have all the, all these people with all this money and resources and, you know, more billionaires than I've ever dreamed of talking to before that are excited about the opportunity. Um, and they're all, you know, chasing licensing and infrastructure and market share. And the one thing that, you know, we knew, uh, helped Kevin differentiate their products was the quality of the product formulations. And when you look at what goes into creating quality product formulations, terpenes are the key ingredients. And there's not a lot of suppliers uh, servicing the industry that are mainstream flavor houses. And if you look at flavor houses, they all specialize in their area of expertise, whether it's vape, tobacco, alcohol, food and beverage with uh, specializations in each one of those categories and beyond. So we knew that in order for brands to really create high quality products and differentiation on the shelf, they were going to need a really good innovation partner that's focused on being a key ingredient supplier of terpenes. And in order to be that person, you had to focus on researching cannabis. And so when everybody else was was focused on developing, you know, brands and you know extraction, you know, capabilities and and farmland, um, Abstracts was focused on uh, speculating, developing, you know, bleeding edge technology, recruiting a team of researchers and formulation chemists, and you know, going to market with our core set of products that we believed would be better than what was currently available with a lot of opportunity to expand upon it. And, you know, we were really quiet about our, our innovation strategy and our technology and, and, um, and research capabilities until this last year, um, you know, until COVID came. Mm. Um, and so now, you know, we have, uh, you know, we've been doing this for years now, we've developed our, portfolio of products. We offer custom formulations to every brand that wants to engage with us. Um, and we are, you know, that partner today and believe it or not, we still feel like we're scratching the surface. That is so wild. That's mind blowing. I know. I feel like I just heard some like totally mind blowing stuff and I can't even imagine what's next. You know, what did bring us here and we've, we've already mentioned this was Sean Gold and on our episode with Sean Gold, we discussed, you know, the next big venture I think with cannabis is, what you've been talking about so far, and that's creating the experience. And um, my journey in cannabis started um, nearly six years ago now when I was studying uh, neuroscience and we had just started the Institute of Cannabis Research and we're getting into studying just simply cannabinoids at that time and um, the entourage effect. And I first became privy to terpenes at that time of discovering, discovering the entourage effect and realizing that there's a lot more to cannabis experience than there is just, uh, and it's just the ratio of THC or CBD or clearly, you know, one of those on their own. And, um, I've been on a quest ever since to, to find specific, you know, effects from even myself for like to focus mm -hmm. and have different, you know, um, different moods that everybody gets in like uplifting or, you know, and, and sleep and calm and all this. And, 
up to this point, I think that nobody's really been able to, to capture that. And I still put it on people of like, that is the next big thing is like creating these experiences where they are reproducible, like you're saying. And um, you guys are the ones doing that. So it's like humbling, <laughs> I guess, for us because we heard it from Sean. We're like, we got to talk to these guys. We got to get with them, you yeah. know, and you, you spoke about, you know, Sherbinsky and um, so let's talk about that. You know, that to my, in my mind, that's like the crescendo of the cannabis industry is once we figure out how to fine tune these effects for people, then, you know, the, the cannabis world is going to open up to everybody, like quite sure. literally everybody. I, I, I would love to tell you a story uh, uh, and maybe one that the, the audience might be engaged in. And, you know, again, our, our first and foremost values is empowering the community, the industry. We're here for the industry. You know, we are a part of it and we care very much for, for helping not only cultivators and brands to extend beyond the restrictions of their state boundaries, but also developing new applications for them. Um, and so that, that's really what came, uh, brought Pilgrim Soul and Sean to us was, Hey, I want to produce a creative type of experience, right? Um, here we're studying all the strains. We're not doctors, but we know that there's been, uh, a lot of information published in peer-reviewed papers regarding the dominant terpenes in there and other compounds that you may be able to identify. And there's a ton of user data reviews on these strains. But when you pair these together and you try to create a, a system to analyze them, you can start drawing some conclusions. Um, so there's there, so we've worked on developing a set of quality metrics. So, you know, Again, whether it's the strain balance, the gas factor, or the fruit factor, these all correlate to experiences, flavor, experience, flavor and experience. How are they going to make people feel? Um, so when we talk about quality metrics as it relates to uh, OG as an example, what would you say defines one OG better than another? What makes one OG better, in your opinion? If you went to a dispensary, what do you think you measure quality by today? Like oh, smell man. and how it looks. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Trichomes. Yeah. I mean, I smell it mainly. I don't have a lot of data to go off of, but I'd say for like an OG, it's probably, you were talking about the balanced effect earlier from like a gelato. I think that's what I would probably be looking for is just like a balanced effect on my nose and um, even when you consume it. So I think each family of cannabis needs to be treated independently. They, and then if you look at an OG varietal, the two thing, the, the one thing the consumer will define it by today is THC because that's the only thing that's accessible to them, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but if they had the data available to them, I would argue that the two things that would differentiate it and why you would want to pay more for one OG is because it's gassier and it's got more THC. Those are fundamentally the only two things. Is it a gassy OG? That's what defines an OG. It's got myrcene as a dominant compound. And it's gotten a certain threshold of gas. And if you're growing an OG and it has no gas, you probably didn't do a very good job growing it, cult, you know, curing it or storing it. Mm -hmm. Right. So I these say, are part of the quality. I haven't metrics. been smoking. I don't think I've smoked an OG. <laughs> I don't think we got that real OG here in Colorado, bro. It ain't, it ain't OSHA grown. Well, see, this is another part of understanding terpenes is understanding the degradation curve and how to properly store cannabis. How to properly cure cannabis. One of the number one questions I get from cultivators is, 
what's the best way to cure my weed? And I'm like, you realize I'm not a cultivator, right? <laughs> my business partner, Jack, you know, he's a cultivator by life, but you know, we are, we're scientists. We research terpenes, but as a result, yeah, we now can understand. We Now we're asking the questions of we're, we're working with these cultivators and measuring their cannabis, you know, fresh cures mm-hmm. to really map all the aromas. And we're starting to understand correlations between, you know, curing conditions, storing conditions and how long, those flavors last in the nug. And I'll, I'll give you like a brief example. You know, Mario, again, Sherbinsky, we did a pheno hunt with him and um, we then did a degradation study with him. And we figured out that, you know, his Baccio gelato, which was a cross between a gelato and an OG, was by far the gassiest and the fruitiest strain we've analyzed. They had the best of both worlds, right? It's awesome. Yeah. That's what he was yeah. trying to design. He did it. We also found that it retained the, those aromas longer than most other strains. And it was because of the tight nug structure that the nug had. That is combined so with, you know, combined with some of those, you know, some, the storage conditions and his curing all help. But I mean, those all play into the quality of cannabis. And as a consumer, what can you expect to purchase when you're buying that experience? Right. Awesome. I I do have one question from all this though, and, and this is funny because Lucy and I were having a conversation like last week about. I think she was asking me like the difference between like rosins and resins and live rosins and resins and all this stuff. Yeah. And I had the you know, and you guys are like doing concentrates, which is like another podcast, like another day of just like we could talk terpenes. Well, the the, diff- the difference in rosin, yeah, the difference in concentrate terpene profiles. That's or yeah. even the extraction process is a whole other topic. So yeah. what do you so, lose? So tell me about that because you know live live rosins like live cut plants. Um, you know, is there like, is there terpenes you guys find on like live cut plants that don't make it through the curing cycle? And then like, is there like a huge drop off in like terpene loss? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the cure, we don't look, if you're, <laughs> this is the other fun part is even if you study terpenes, if you're not in California and you're not partnered with cultivators, then you're not studying you're, you're getting half the picture. Can't yeah. go to a dispensary and buy cured weed and expect that you're going to discover something valuable in there uh, with any type of consistency. So um, when it comes to rosins, like I love all the uh, shifting demands and trends that are happening. Yeah. Um, you know, it's solventless, it's solvent, what's good, what's better. Like we work really hard to optimize our extraction process. And trust me, we see all the compounds and we know what we've lost. And we've studied... Uh, steam distillation, hydrocarbons, ethanol, CO2, solventless. And you know what? I've I've deduced is that some people like more plant material than other people. (laughs) Different flavors for different folks. And I think the the perception is that solventless is healthier, even though if you use a solvent extraction, you're removing any of the uh, residual solvents in there. But it's really going to come down to the terpene profile. I'd say that most people think that the rosin profiles, and I, I'd say absolutely, you're only running those things from live resin, from from fresh frozen products, just like a frozen vegetable, you want to encapsulate and preserve as much of that profile as possible. When you cure things, you lose things. So the fresher you get it, the better. Um, so I'd always, um, you know, prefer to extract a live resin product. But, you know, with the live rosins, you have to be even more selective of the strains. The heads have to be right. They have to be able to wash correctly. You're looking for that really potent flavor. You're looking for, you know, some type of yield that'll allow you to sell a product that's uh, that'll pay for the cost of it. Yeah, exactly. And so 
you know, they become much more variable, much more expensive. Um, it's an elitist product, right? And so the, you know, people that are doing a great job with it, like Papa and Barkley and other people, they select those specific strains just for that process. And I think as a result, raw, live rosin has gotten a great name for itself because, hey, you go smell live rosin, it smells amazing. Yeah, it does. Well, because every single one of them are picking amazing genetics. So good in, good out. Um, we're, we're at a client meeting today um, and we gave them, you know, our native series of terpenes, which is the, you know, evolution of our research using only, you know, 100% compounds that are natively found in cannabis, but from botanically dry sources to truly recreate the strain specific experiences and then now we're evolving those into reproducing live resin formulas and rosin profiles because these are the trends and that's what people are looking to get out of their vape pen is that that type of experience and formulation. And we gave him, you know, the, the native series formula and he said, oh, this uh, smells like I'm smelling a fresh cut cannabis plant. And then we gave him the we gave him the rosin formula again, botanicals. Um, and he's like, wow, this smells like. He's all, there's no strain that smells this good. I'm like, <laughs> you, you haven't smelled tropia live rosin I'm like, you can think of us as like, we are the terpene hunters of terpene hunters, like yeah. armed to the teeth with analytical equipment. And everybody's insanely passionate about researching cannabis on our team. Um, you know, some smart PhDs and some really smart, it's easier for us to hire scientists than it is customer service people, right? And, <laughs> and so at the end of the day, um, we end up studying these genetics from cultivators that are amazing. And when we find amazing genetics, we like to work with those cultivators to bring those genetics to market. Um, you know, Cresco had an amazing orange soda strain, the worst yielder in the world. They discontinued it, but we, we preserved it like Jurassic Park and can now offer it oh to, you know, people that want that orange soda strain profile. Um, so it's, it's been fun. Yeah. And you could like help them to like make up for the yield by just like recreating it. Like, oh, yeah, we, it's See, funny. I, Lucy, and, Lucy and I had that totally the, the same conversation too around yield. And I was like, some shit just don't make it, man. Like Girl Scout cookies. That's like one of my faves, but they don't make it. Don't make a very good extract because there's just not much. Well, there. Yeah. So the, I was I was I, we, we got off on a tangent. I don't know if we have time to circle back to it, but I was going to finish my story yeah. uh, uh, about uh uh, cannabis quality analytics, where we're talking about OGs. So, oh, so we yeah. developed our own system. So we study terpenes and aroma compounds and the metabolite fingerprint. So we have developed a program to help measure the qualities that we believe translate to flavor and effects. Okay. And we, we create product data sheets today that have aroma maps, flavor maps, uh, strain balance, and all these metrics that brands can utilize if they want you know, superior testing of their cannabis quality today. We offer that. We found a company called Tricom Institute. If you guys yes. are familiar with it, Max Montros. Yeah, um, yeah. we know Max. <laughs> it's, uh, Max is an eccentric guy. I love him to death purely <laughs> because he's, he's maybe the only other Max in the industry that I've met. Um, but also he's the only other Max that's equally as passionate about terpenes as I am. And it totally. was really Very weird to yeah. meet him. Uh, <laughs> And, and, but he's approaching the same problem that we are from an opposite spectrum. So he's, he's studying it from uh, organoleptic sensory perspective. He thinks that he believes, um, and, and I'm going to get to the proof in the pudding that he can smell cannabis and teach you through his system of how to interpret that to understand 
uh, the potential effects, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Sedative, uplifting, calming. We've done the same thing from an analytical perspective, right? And approach. And so we had a uh, summit together uh, and it was man versus machine. (laughs) Okay. And uh, so we brought them out to Long Beach and we brought the uh, local LBCA dispensary owners there to host us. And we went out and bought the, you know, eight most complex strain profiles we could possibly find. Um, And we analyzed all of them using our system and and analytics. Um, And then we brought him in and we had him interpret every single strain to see if a man uh, and machine could come up with the same type of of results. And believe it or not, uh, he was able to identify seven out of the eight strains correctly. Oh my gosh. It, oh my it, gosh. And, and the machine and him, we read exactly the same things. Okay? What? And it was crazy. So we, we validated each other. He validated us and we really provided the, the validity that he needed to show that, you know, this is a, a sound uh, system that he has developed here. And yeah. the, the, the A strain that he was wrong on. Okay. So, I, I think it was because he got a little confident there, right? <laughs> he was like, oh, this is, uh, you know, purple. This is from the Afghani Kush mountains, you know, origin, indica, you know, like all the typical, you know, uh, indicators of, a, of an indica type. And, um, and so we, one, other, one of the other guys in there that was familiar with the interpreting course also said the same thing. Oh, yeah, that's indica. And we're like, no. That's in, in theirs is it's a, a broadleaf, you know, is, is their classification system, which would normally be indicative of a very sedative type strain. So in our system, we had uh, identified it as an exotic uplifting profile oh. and very fruity. Ooh. So that's almost impossible. You know, if, if you're if you're evaluating using a system, then you wouldn't come to that same conclusion. So we're at opposite ends of the spectrum. And so here we are in this room. And we're like, well, we're at a crossroads. Uh, what, how do we break, how do we determine if man versus machine is right? And so, um, you know, the dispensary owner that was there walked next door to the dispensary, grabbed, uh, you know, a crown brand new piece, you know, out of the display case, uh, brought a brand new, uh, uh, beautiful, uh, uh, sky glass piece into the, uh, arena. And then we got all the dispensary owners, including ourselves to smoke it and, you know, and in 10 minutes, 15 minutes later, we all looked at each other and we said, you know what? That's uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. And, and, and then, you know, and then Max uh, got to tear it apart. And he's like, you know what? I completely agree. This is uplifting. <laughs> and once you break it apart, and you look at it. It's got those citrus notes in there and it hits your nose up here instead mm-hmm. of down here. And, you know, someone did a really good job of breeding in some of that purple color in there. And so, you know, Dang now man. we have combined our systems together to try and create, you know, the first, uh, you know, quality standard for cannabis analytics and combining both sensory and analytical capabilities to, you know, help consumers, uh, you know, know what they're buying. And hopefully we can help them make informed buying decisions by uh, pairing the technologies together. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. That should be everybody's 2021 goal. Like we're all going to get our shit together and learn way more about terpenes. Totally. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful story too. Just talking about, you know, man versus machine. And at the end of it, it's like, 
like the merger of the two. You you, you still need both in a way to one to, to tell the other one like the, you're correct and one to, you know, or I guess both of them just to like bounce off each other and you know, like help each other. Oh, uh, we got to bring Max on to carry on the story then. I know Max will have to be on next. I know. He's yeah. a genius. Oh, he man. is totally a genius. Yeah. He knows a ton of stuff. And I think that's just incredible on its own that he was able to still get seven out of seven? the eight. That's like, wow. Dude, the problem is his system's great. He just didn't have anybody with the technology to validate it. So, I mean, I think right. he's doing some amazing things and I think people should listen to him. Totally. I'm already thinking in the future, people are try, probably going to be trying to like create these totally exotic strains and it's going to come down to you guys to like break them all apart and, and try to figure out, you know, what they're made of. And maybe uh, that's already happening. Maybe that's already happening. <laughs> yeah, it's probably already, it is already happening. You're right. That's so cool. Um, you guys are already starting to, to push the boundaries even more. I mean, with terpenes, I mean, this isn't even the end all be all. Um, we heard kind of through the grapevine that you guys might have created some terpene infused papers. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, it's been something that, uh, you know, leading brands and large MSOs have been asking for for a really long time. How do, you know, capture the cannabis experience in rolling papers and standardize that uh, across state lines and even into smoke shops, worldwide applications. Cannabis is an emerging global market and people want to taste and get the same experience from cannabis um, without having to go to a licensed state. So, um, you know, we went to multiple manufacturers and finally found a partner that we were able to develop a automated terpene infusion system um, where we can create a terpene infused cone, uh, either in a paper or a blunt. And we can also create a flat blunt um, in a specific um, uh, wrap that uh, preserves the terpene flavoring. And we have them now available in bulk. We have them available in retail ready displays. And my hope for the industry by helping to bring this product to the market is to allow leading cannabis brands to sell their terpene infused uh, cannabis profiles in rolling papers and smoke shops around the world in their dispensaries and also create product lines that offer really unique product experiences. Um, we've so seen this cool. working with uh, a number of infused uh, paper manufacturers. A lot of people have different methods of infusing, you know, the raw materials or the hemp or the cannabis or spraying the paper. And the reality is, is it just hasn't been consistent um, and reliable. And, and terpenes are a functional agreement that need to be dosed correctly. So this automated process really helps a brand to scale up that application. That's so cool. I'm thinking of, you know, back, you know, in high school when you'd roll up a spliff or something. I mean, the whole freaking thing just tasted like a cigarello and it just ruined the whole flavor. And so if you can get rid of that and give a cannabis flavor, that's even better. Or I'm thinking of people who have like infused pre-rolls on the market. Sometimes you do kind of taste the paper. And if you are just further enhancing your own terpene profile in your product, that's just like a double bonus. And they get you more lit. What? And they get you more lit. That's oh, what's yeah. up. I mean, think about it. You could be in the UK and put your uh, hemp in there, or your you know tobacco in there, or your subpar cannabis, and you can get a you know Sherbinsky gelato experience, or you can you know taste that Jack hair out of California. Um, it really opens up a lot of opportunities uh, for different brands to discover cannabis applications. That's so cool. Yeah, we've been really getting into like the 
the CBD like hemp flower and smoking that. And one of the downfalls that I've noticed so far is that um, the terpene profiles just aren't there with with CBD flower and um, well, rightfully you, so. You didn't I mean, that terpene infused hemp that's been going around. <laughs> I, I haven't, man. Uh, and I mean, you know, I I do know how this shit's growing. I do know how it's processed. I mean, it's just like big fields. So so you know, no no love lost with these CBD growers, but. You know, there's a lot of terpenes lost, that's for sure. So I think, you know, I would love to see a terpene infused paper. And that way, you know, you could still like have the CBD flower from like a year ago and roll it up. And if you don't want to get like too lit, you can still just like have that experience. That sounds, you know, it's, it's interesting too, because you got the tobacco flavor ban, right? So you're yeah. going to have a lot of, uh, you know, e-cig companies uh, exploring CBD vape market and, and, and cannabis markets. Um, but the cannabis flavors aren't prohibited if it's a non-tobacco product. So, you know, if, if these are blunt wraps, you know, hemp blunt wraps for cannabis, um, we can start infusing cannabis flavors into them. And so this is a great opportunity for growth uh, in the CPG realm for cannabis companies. Very cool. Seriously, that could be like the 2021 thing is like custom rolling papers with your terpenes right that's what people like, should totally do you're right go to abstractstech.com and we can customize any type of cannabis flavor that you would like and we can even analyze your cannabis for you and create a custom terpene profile to infuse into rolling papers vape products or edibles you guys these people are next level you guys got to check it out for sure yeah, that is some next level stuff. I already know we have some, we've had some growers on in the past that have unique strains and I'm already going to be like, you know, nudging them on the elbow. Like, yo, y'all need to like get this rolling paper, get that figured out, get some custom terpenes made, get that fingerprint. I'm like going to start grabbing things around my house and just like mailing them to you and be like, tell me the terpene profile of this. <laughs> to be like a week old uh, grape or something. There is, there is a cost to doing it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, don't give me that, man. Come on. It's no fun. Cool. There's a, there's a line, but yeah, we'll try to, we'll prioritize them. Well, this has been like a really enlightening episode. I mean, I'm like blown away by the amount that we've learned here and, can you imagine, you know, at the end of 2021, like what else you guys are going to figure out? Yeah, you guys are well beyond your times. We're um, excited. That's so great. Well, we like to end the episode, which is something fun. Uh, we are the Lit and Lucid podcast. So are you lit or are you lucid? Oh, I like to get lit, but I'm normally <laughs> lucid. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's my tol- that's my tolerance uh affecting me though. <laughs> that's funny. I think I don't know. I I'm I'm glad you you let it with it getting lit cuz I feel like this whole episode's been like lit in my opinion of just like so much new stuff, so much stuff I've never thought about. But um, so lucid and like blowing your mind. Totally lucid. You yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's like we've we've had too many terpene sensory effects from this episode. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much, Max. We appreciate you being on the show. Uh, I know I'm going to go back and re-listen to this episode and educate myself again. So we really appreciate it. And I'm sure our listeners got tons of really good information out of it. Oh, my pleasure. I hope we didn't go too far down the rabbit hole. And uh, I look forward to the next uh, next event with you guys. Likewise. Cool. Uh, all right, you guys. With that, I'm lit. I'm lucid. And that's it. Laters. Laters.